Hey guys, thank you for tuning to this episode with Dr. Brittany McGetrick. In this one, we got into women's and men's hormones, um, who should see a chiropractor, as well as how to optimize your lifestyle for the modern day, as far as when to sleep, how to sleep better, and what you should be eating for better health and better hormones, as well as a little bit about exercise and caffeine and other topics. So a really health related podcast as these are, but I think you'll learn a lot from Dr. Brittany as far as her experience as she is a registered dietitian and studied food and nutrition sciences at school, as well as being a Gonset chiropractor. She has experience with patients and has been able to heal a lot of people. So um, she's a great wealth of knowledge. So just listen through this one, guys. Hi, Dr. Brittany. How are you doing? Good. Thanks for having me. Yeah. I enjoy having a li- someone with a little bit more expertise on than just myself, who's like educated from podcasts alone. But um, can you tell my listeners just a little bit about yourself and uh, your practice? Yeah. So I am a Gonstead chiropractor in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, I do chiropractic. I also do a technique called craniosacral fascial therapies or CFT. I work with a lot of babies and moms on breastfeeding. Um, I also am a registered dietitian, so I also have a big nutrition background. um, And I work with women online to help with hormone balance. That's a lot of of good education and stuff. Um, (laughs) I know one of the things I heard you say before is that you go like off of like feel so can you just tell me like opposed to like tracking like numbers and like lab work and stuff so can you tell me how you look at feel and like what are the uh major areas that you would ask someone about as far as like how they're feeling to determine if they're healthy or not yeah so i think blood work is great and there's a time and a place for you know doing labs and doing blood work and all of that and there's a lot of great practitioners out there who utilize that and that's totally fine um and i think it's also very easy to get like lost in the weeds of all of the different minutia of this levels up and this levels down and just looking at all those little things so i like to look at things from more of a global perspective of cuz there's a lot we can determine especially when it comes to hormone health just by looking at symptoms and just like how you feel how is your period you know what's your flow like how many days is your cycle are you having period cramps there's all these things that we can determine just from symptoms alone so <clears throat> that's where I like to take a more sort of step back perspective because there's so much that we can change before we ever have to go into the labs or the blood work or anything like that. Just by looking at diet, at your circadian rhythms, your, you know, daily and monthly habits, all of those things can have profound impacts on your health without ever having to get into the blood work. Yeah. I I've noticed that in my own life as well, where when things are going good, it's like, all right, I don't know, just, you don't have to worry about um, some of the other things that like mentally, like for me, if I'm in a good place, I feel like my hormones are like in the right spot. And like that is so tied to your mental health. So do you know, like specifically what causes hormone levels to like affect your mental health or like, why would um, like, if you have hormones that are out of whack for like a man and your testosterone's low, like why would that make you like depressed or anxious or something like that? 
Yeah. Well, so our hormones interact with every single thing that happens in our body. Our hormones are really second only to our nervous system. So our nervous system is the number one thing that controls everything that happens in our body. So the way that our brain communicates with the rest of our organs. And then the second system would be our hormonal system. So our hormones, there's receptors for our hormones and every single one of our cells, all of our organs have to function, like our hormones tell them how to function. Um, so, I mean, yeah, they, they really affect every aspect of our life. You know, if a man has, you know, plenty of testosterone and your hormone levels are really good, that's when you feel vital and you feel alive and you feel like you can, you know, go out there and do all the things you got to do. So yeah, there's no question. And it's crazy too. So many women, they'll get on birth control. And then I see so many women, they're on birth control and they're also on an antidepressant or an anti-anxiety medication or something like that. Like it's so intricately related, but hardly anyone talks about the fact that your hormones affect your mental health. Mm -hmm. I personally like had some experience with that as well. Like um, I kind of got into health around like 20 20 or like 2019 I was like pretty overweight and I lost um 50 pounds but it was not like through like a sustainable method at all I kind of just like crash dieted down and my hormones which at the time I was like 18 or 19 were probably tanked so even though I lost all the weight I was still like pretty depressed and I ended up going on like antidepressants for a little bit and it was like a very low dose and I eventually just like got off of it through just like sleeping better and like eating better but I think a lot of people are like their hormones are off and like they're just prescribed like antidepressants. So do you think there's any place for antidepressants? Like I know like some people, they say they might have like chemical imbalances and stuff, but is it mostly yeah, just well, that chemical? Yeah, that chemical imbalance theory is actually kind of coming under fire recently. They're starting to uh, discover that it's not really a chemical imbalance at all. Um, and that's one of the big problems too is that <clears> – <throat> Antidepressants are supposed to be just a temporary, like a Band-Aid sort of, not even like, I don't even want to say solution, but just a Band-Aid really yeah. that can like get you over a bridge to, you know, to a certain point where then you can start to come off of them. But again, so many patients that I see, they've been on them for years and there's no like plan for them to come off. And the doctor who prescribed them doesn't even tell them that it's only supposed to be a short-term medication. So mm. yeah, I think... And they're, they're prescribed so readily without taking so many other steps first, like so many other things that can affect our mental health. Like there's, I, I think it's criminal that so many doctors out there just go to medication as the first thing. Mm -hmm. I honestly think there's so many just basic things where people just like go outside and get your bare feet in the ground, get sunlight, you know, on your whole body every single day, you know, get morning sun on your face, all of those things can affect your mental health so much more than just taking an antidepressant medication. Yeah, it makes sense that those like things that we would naturally do um, would benefit our mental health. But I feel like a lot of times we just think um, like we have to go to like a pharmaceutical intervention for some reason, even though um, you can probably change like a lot of the habits and like reverse the negative things you're feeling. So um, I guess on like your carnivore diet, can you like go into that, how you got interested on that? Cause I know um, that was like a big part of like the conference we were at in uh, Nashville that we both attended that was like just promoting meat as something that is like necessary and like just like such a good thing for us. Whereas, I don't know, 
most people like try to limit their meat intake just because it's so many calories. So. Yeah, most women do not eat enough red meat. It's so nourishing. It has so many nutrients, especially for helping with our hormones, especially if you have ever been on birth control or still are on birth control that depletes so many nutrients from our body. Red meat is one of the fastest ways to start to get those nutrients back in. Um, so for me, I, so I grew up on just like the standard American diet. <clears throat> and then when I was 19, I read a book about veganism and I was like, oh my gosh, like convinced, you know, talked about how gross meat is and all this kind of stuff. And so went vegan for a little while, then ended up being vegetarian for about six years. And then I was in chiropractic school and I was having all these problems with my wrists and sorry, hang on one second. My dog is. It's okay. <laughs> Sorry, it's always a risk with the dog around. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> okay. um, so I was having all these issues with my wrists, and one of my mentors had this theory that chronic wrist injuries or subluxations is what we call them as chiropractors um, were linked to a zinc deficiency. And I honestly wrote that off for a long time. I'm like, that's ridiculous. Why would it only affect your wrist? Why wouldn't it affect you know like the rest of your body? That doesn't make any sense. Um, but at the time I was teaching yoga, I was taking a lot of yoga. I had, you know, all this wrist pain. I was getting them adjusted. It wasn't really helping. So then finally I was like, all right, well, let's see if there's something to his theory. And one of the best sources of red, of zinc in the diet is red meat. And I was vegetarian at the time. So I decided to start eating red meat again and all my wrist problems went away. Yeah, <laughs> It was wild. I was like, okay, there's definitely something to this theory. Um, so I started eating red meat again, and then it was about a year after that that I heard about the carnivore diet, and so decided to give that a try as well. So I went probably fully carnivore for about a month, and then from there I just, you know, I was, I would say I was mostly carnivore, but still would incorporate a couple other things um, in there. You know, I'd have like ice cream sometimes, or like I would go out for like gluten-free pizza on the weekends, or you know, here and there. Yeah. Um, but for me, it was wild the changes I saw when I did switch to just a very meat heavy diet. I had so much energy throughout the day. I used to basically fall asleep after lunch, just eating my, you know, regular, like my vegetarian diet. I would be so sleepy in the afternoons. When I started to go, when I went carnivore, I had sustained energy all throughout the day. I didn't really get hangry anymore. Like I wouldn't go through those roller coasters of, you yeah. know, getting super hungry throughout the day. I could just stay pretty even, um, all throughout. So it, it was pretty life-changing. I don't know if people would like actually try it like enough people, but I feel like certain people, it definitely helps as far as getting the blood sugar under control. Cause if people are eating like so many carbs, like I just did a, a month of carnivore actually after like hearing about it, but now I'm kind of back to like eating like some like fruit and vegetables and stuff but like just eliminating carbs for me in the morning or just like limiting the intake kind of regulates my blood sugar I think is that something that you recommend or you know anything about like I don't know just like when is a good time to eat carbs or like specifically after workouts and stuff like that yeah. Um, well, blood sugar regulation is actually one of the big parts of hormone balance as well. So any women who are having any, any trouble with their periods, whether it's PCOS or irregular periods or period cramps, anything like that, blood sugar regulation has a big 
piece to play in that. Mm-hmm. Um, and with women, like women can be a little bit more variable in the amount of carbs that we eat. So some women don't do well on, on a lower carb diet or on more of a carnivore diet. And that's really just, you just have to experiment and feel, see what feels right in your own body. Um, but like for men, like men can get away with a lot more than we can. Cause you guys are not as complex hormonally <laughs> as we are. Um, so like for men, definitely like a post-workout is a great time. If you are going to have some carbs, cause your body is ready and it's just going to absorb all of those right away. Um, or if you're going to have some carbs, just going for like a light walk outside or something right after you eat them also is just going to help your body to process them a little bit better. Um, but for women, it's totally fine for us to have carbs kind of all throughout the day, especially if you are a woman that feels like you don't do very well on a low carb diet. Um, and I prefer the carbohydrate sources to come from things like fruits or root vegetables. Um, we don't necessarily need to do a ton of grains um, or anything like that. And do you worry ever about like the amount of sugar in fruit or just cause it's like fruit, it's fine. It's not like added sugar. Yeah, no, I, I really don't. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, it's fruit. It's like a natural food. I'm more concerned if, you know, if you're going to eat a bunch of like junk processed food. (laughs) So is that like the basis for your diet is basically meat, um, some vegetables and then fruit pretty much. Do you do like dairy at all? Like raw dairy? Yeah, I do. I love raw milk. Yep. So I do, I do raw dairy. I have raw milk that I get every week. I'll make raw milk ice cream with it. (laughs) Um, I honestly don't even do that many vegetables. It's mostly just like meat, fruit, some raw dairy, um, lots of electrolytes too. Those are, it's definitely important, especially if you're going from more of a higher carb diet to a lower carb electrolytes are super important. So getting lots of salt, I'll put salt in my water or like electrolyte mixes like, um, element or Redmond's Relight, mm. anything like that. I think that's really interesting actually, because as I like transition to like more of a meat diet, like the vegetables just didn't seem like they just don't seem as appealing anymore. And I'm just like, if I eat vegetables, I almost feel like I'm like, less full even if like i eat a good amount of meat like the vegetables don't satisfy me and i don't know i still like the taste of like broccoli and like cauliflower and some of those vegetables so i'll still just eat them because i like i like to like roast them and stuff but i think it might be better to like base your diet around like more meat in general i don't i mean i think you agree with that but um yeah (laughs) kind of just riffing on that um as far as like the circadian rhythm goes that was like such a big factor for me and like getting healthy so can you just tell me a little bit about what a proper circadian rhythm is and like how you like get ready for bed and stuff like that yeah yeah so our circadian rhythm is our 24-hour cycle and it's all um controlled by light so by the sunlight so the sunlight tells us when it's time to wake up. It also helps to regulate some of those hormones like cortisol, melatonin, um, production for getting us ready for sleep. So it's ideal if you can wake up with the sunrise every day and go to bed at sunset. That is like Mm. the perfect ideal and getting outside too, like getting outside right away at sunrise, even watching the sunset outside, like just getting the sun on your face, sun on your skin, so, so good for your body. And of course, you know, we live in modern times, so that's not (laughs) always going to happen. Um, So there are some different hacks and things that you can do, you know, if you're going to be awake after sunset, Mm -hmm. Um, because also our devices, our computers, our phones, those are all giving off blue light and it's artificial blue light. And that's not, it's going to, 
it's not good for our body and it's going to dysregulate our circadian rhythms. Mm -hmm. So you can get things like blue light blocking glasses at night. Um, so after once the sun sets, you put on the, the sunset glasses. Most companies will have like a daylight glass if you're going to be in front of a computer a lot. And then they'll have sunset glasses. <clears throat> so you always want to put those on. As soon as the sun sets, if you can ideally in your home even have like turn off all the overhead lights and just have lamps that have red light bulbs in them, mm -hmm. that's like really ideal. So you're not even yeah. having the artificial light from your light bulbs coming off at you. And then blue light blockers for if you are going to be like on your phone after sunset or in front of a device or anything like that. And then also doing your best to be in bed before 10 p.m. Because mm -hmm. if you if you stay up past 10 p.m., what happens is even it, so let's say you go to bed at midnight and you still, you wake up at like 9 a.m. So you still get nine hours of sleep, right? You think that you should be good for the next day. You're like, okay, well, I got nine hours of sleep. I'm good. But what happens is um, every hour that you stay up past 10 p.m., your body, that's not natural for our body. So our body, your body starts to borrow cortisol basically from the next morning to keep you up that night. Yeah. So your body's going to start borrowing all that cortisol to keep you awake because you're trying to stay awake for, you know, whatever reason till midnight or 1am or whatever it is. So when you wake up the next morning, because when we wake up in the morning, we have a spike of cortisol that helps wake us up in the morning. Mm -hmm. um, but if you're staying up past 10pm, your body is borrowing that cortisol from the next morning. So you're going to feel actually more groggy when you wake up the next day. And so then you're mm -hmm. always just trying to play catch up every night that you're going to bed past 10pm. That's, that's really interesting. And I think it kind of speaks to the way I felt all throughout high school when I would pretty much like stay up until midnight and then like wake at like six. And then like on the weekends, I would just probably do like a 2 a.m. to 10 a.m. kind of schedule. So I know like your body needs that like regular sleep schedule, like being in bed for around the same amount of time. And I think a lot of people don't even like ever experience like what it feels like to get a good night of sleep, because if you don't like do a similar schedule, you're pretty much missing out on the potential for like good, like recovery. So that's good that you mentioned all those things. Cause I, I do it a lot of those. So I'm happy. Um, as far as like water and like heavy metals and stuff like that, do you like recommend like a shower um, filter as well as like not drinking tap water. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would definitely never drink tap water. <laughs> yeah. I can't even imagine doing that now. Um, yes. Yeah, so yeah, water is huge. So yeah, definitely having a filter on your shower. Mm -hmm. Um, cause I can't remember exactly what it is. I'd have to look it up again, but basically the way that it works when you're taking a shower, it's like the heat, I think that's coming out of the water and like all the steam and everything it with all the chemicals that are in the water, it creates basically this like chemical steam that you're then like breathing in for your whole shower. Yeah. So having a water filter on your shower is going to help to prevent that. Ideally, if you could have like a whole house filter, that's going to be even better. So they make like whole house filtration um, devices. I think it's like reverse osmosis or something mm -hmm. like that. Um, like for me, I live in a condo, so like I can't obviously do that for my whole house. So I have, you know, a filter on my shower head and then I, of course, of course, filter the water that I drink. But obviously, like when I brush my teeth in the sink, you know, that's still not filtered water. But hey, I'm doing my best. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you have to be aware of these things, but also not have anxiety over things that you can't control. You know, mm -hmm. one day I'll own a house that I have a whole you know, house filtration system, and then that'll be great. Um, but in the meantime, I'm not like worried about brushing my teeth with the tap water. <laughs> I yeah. just know that I'm doing my best in all the other arenas. 
Um, so yeah, definitely getting like a really good filter, making sure it's filtering fluoride is a big one. Cause a lot of just like your basic Brita filter and stuff won't necessarily do that. Um, the brand I use, I believe it's called Epic. It's just like a pitcher. So it looks like a Brita pitcher, but it's like, it's a higher quality one. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what I use. There's also, um, what is her name? I think her name's Isabel friend is her name. She is like a big water person. She has a whole website where she has all sorts of different devices. It's pretty wild. I'm like just starting to learn about all of these things, but there's a device that they've made. I haven't bought it yet, but I'm, I'm planning on it (laughs) where you can basically like program your water. So you can like, it's crazy how intelligent water is. And if this is like completely untapped arena that a lot of people are not talking about, but if you look up Isabel friend, she talks a lot about it. Um, Yeah. Yeah. She's on Instagram. Um, she, so there's things that you can do to like program your water to like have like vitamins and minerals in it, even like really? energetically. I don't understand the full science of it, but it's pretty fascinating. So yeah, pe- like people take uh, for granted how powerful just water can be. One of the other things too, that I've heard is people can be like over consuming water, like you said, but they don't have like the magnesium. Uh, I think it's like calcium is in water normally or something like that. So like the spring water, even though it is more expensive, I'm pretty sure like you can drink less of it than you would need the other kind, like just like normal water. Um, So you're actually, and if you're doing that, like spring water, maybe less water, and then you're combining like element, it seems like that's probably a more effective route versus like getting, I don't know, because I was like looking at my home water filter I have. Um, in my parents' house, and it was like an activated carbon one. And I was like looking at it, and it was like saying it's only 97.9% chlorine. And I'm like, all right, well, why is it not 100%? Because like chlorine's toxic. So why would it be, why would we get a filter that is literally not getting all the stuff out we need? Um, obviously, that's like a minute thing where, I mean, not saying it's it's not important, but at the end of the day, it's it could be like, a factor that's maybe changing um, my biochemistry by having some toxic stuff in there and you don't even know about it because like no one talks about it really. So I, I thought that was interesting. Um, on the like chiropractor level for you, like do you think everyone should see one or what's like the diagnosis as far as like what, I mean, I've never done it before, so I, I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yes, I definitely think everyone should see a chiropractor. Um, So, oh, yeah, for sure. So because it's more than just neck and back pain, like a lot of people just associate with like, oh, you have back pain, go to a chiropractor. Um, But like I was saying before, so your nervous system is the system that controls every single thing that happens in your body. And that is really what good chiropractors are affecting is we are dealing with the nervous system. So when you have a misalignment in your spine, it basically puts a kink, like a kink in the hose of communication between your brain and the rest of your body. So it creates inflammation and those nerves are not able to fully communicate. So when we adjust, we are opening up and clearing that pathway for the nervous system to fully communicate with the body. So I've had women come into me and we don't, I don't make any other changes. We don't change their diet. We don't put them on any sort of protocols. I just have been adjusting them and it changes their periods. They have less period cramps. I've had, yeah, a woman who wasn't having a period, her period started again um, after she had been on birth control for a while and her period went away from that and she came off of it and still was not having a cycle. 
Um, it helps with digestion. I mean, almost it's like without fail, whenever babies get adjusted, they always poop like almost before they leave the office or like on the way home or if they're ever, you know, feeling constipated, moms will always bring them into the chiropractor right away and we'll get them pooping again. So it's very powerful. Just, just another wellness toolkit to have, you know, in your back pocket is getting adjusted regularly. Mm. That makes sense. Cause like, I know there's like a lot of stuff as far as like I don't know, like trauma is like stored in the body or whatever. And like, you might not even know it, but you're just like carrying it in like your like traps normally or like your neck or something or like your face. Is that something that is like accurate? Is that accurate statement? (laughs) Yep. Yeah. The Body Keeps the Score is a really good book if anyone's curious about that topic um, to Mm -hmm. look into. But yeah, I've had, I've adjusted women before and they just start crying and they're like, I don't know. I'm crying. I'm like, it's okay. Just let it out. Or on the opposite end too, I've adjusted people and they just start laughing hysterically. (laughs) They're like, I don't know why I'm laughing. Like, it's again, it's okay. It's like coming up to be felt, you know, you got to let it out. Mm -hmm. Um, You said you mentioned like, or you mentioned yoga. Is that something that you still do a lot of or like, as far as, um, I don't know, just like a practice for like, kind of like meditating and being like more present is that like still a practice that you uh like to do yeah i definitely think having any sort of mindfulness like meditation or prayer practice is very important getting that you know like spiritual side of health as well um so yeah i used to teach yoga for a long time i actually don't i don't teach it anymore i stopped when the studio shut down with COVID and everything um But now I've actually started to get into a different type of movement practice. It's called bowspring. Mm. Um, It's really interesting. It's sort of like the antithesis to any movement practice I've ever done in my life. And I was a personal trainer before. I taught cycling classes. I taught yoga. I've done like all the different fitness things. Um, And bowspring is really interesting. It's sort of this like newer, I don't even know how many years old it is. It's maybe like, I don't know, 10 years old or something, maybe a little bit more than that. but it's a movement practice all based around like the natural curves of our spine and really like opening up your body in a really strong way rather than a lot of fitness is all about like clenching and tucking and tightening and and really it's designed for more of the male body and mm. bowspring is much more designed around the female body and getting you know comfortable in the curviness of our bodies and like opening things up in a much stronger way so it's Mm -hmm. really really ideal for um any women who are like thinking about getting pregnant or are pregnant or going to go on that journey because it helps your body just like open up getting ready for that labor and delivery process i recommend it for all of my moms who are having any sort of breastfeeding trouble because a lot of times that can be from the babies not able to get into these good positions for breastfeeding and it's because they're mirroring their mom's posture. So we want to get mom really open and able to move into these positions so that baby can also do that as well. And it's pretty amazing the changes we see. That's really interesting, actually, because I've never heard of that. And like, it seems like, like you said, with exercise, like a lot of like squats and like bench press, you're like compressing your chest or your, or your chest, your like core. And a lot of times, like, you get sore and then like people just don't do like proper recovery. So it's like, I don't know, you like kind of like broke down the muscle and it's now not like able to recover. And I was just thinking about like when I was in college, like I would lift weights and then like go out for like a night of drinking. And it's like the next day I would wake up and my chest would be so sore. And it's just like, cause my body just like fed it out, like pretty much recovered whatever muscle was broken down with alcohol, 
Whereas like now I'm like, yeah. all right, let me get as much meat as I can. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Does, does alcohol or like any drugs play in a role in like, I don't know, like if they do um, play a role like with your patients or whatnot, what do you try to tell them regarding like how it's affecting their body like metabolically or like sleep wise or um because i know some people like it is genuinely like a way they relax where they like find that it like mitigates stress so like if um they're not doing it they just are more stressed so i don't know yeah yeah people think that but it's really just a fake it's again one of those band-aids it's kind of like putting a pharmaceutical on it you know like mm -hmm. taking an anti-anxiety med and being like yeah i don't have anxiety anymore <laughs> yeah um so yeah, especially using alcohol to like relax at the end of the day or like to fall asleep is honestly one of the worst things you can do because it's one of those things where it's like a, it makes you think that you're feeling relaxed and that you can fall asleep. But when you are asleep, you're not being, you're not able to get into those deeper levels of sleep when you have alcohol in your system. So mm -hmm. yes, you're, you might be able to like fall asleep, but you're not truly getting the good rest and recovery that you need. Um, alcohol also affects hormones a ton. So like any women who have any sort of hormonal imbalances or any trouble with their cycles or periods, really just like not having any alcohol is really going to be the best. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's like one of those things, like anything where you think it's solving like the problem, but it's like, all right, like the problem is that you can't just like be happy with like your current life's like situation, you know, you need to like do something else to like try to change it. And I know like for other people, it might be like eating too much or I don't know, like other, there's like so many behaviors that are so accessible now. Like I just think about like porn and like stuff like that, where it's like, um, it's hard to like, it's almost like half of life is just like navigating to make sure you don't like get tripped up by all these things um so yeah um as far as yeah, like, a it's morning, like this hidden me mental health crisis that we have going on <laughs> yeah i it just reminded me i remember reading this book a few years ago i forget uh what was it called it was some book but it was just basically saying how like addicting like uh our phones are and like social media and pretty much um like the people who like create these apps like they wouldn't even let their kids like touch them because they knew how addicting they were so yeah yeah well it's wild even in my practice so I have my iPad with me because I can see like my you know schedule and like I take my chart notes and whatnot um so I always have the iPad with me in the room and it's so crazy babies and toddlers mm. always go straight for like they want to go to the iPad or they want to go to my computer that's in there that has like the actualize up or whatever and even kids who the moms are like they don't watch screen time at home like they don't even know what that is like we don't have an ipad you know like they don't yeah like they it's not like they watch shows on it all the time you know but yeah. they're still like going to it like a zombie and it's like yeah. what is in these screens that just like ha that pulls us in you know yeah i see like kids are i was talking about this with my mom and i was like there's gonna be like in the next like 10 to 15 years there's gonna be like the kids that grow up and like their parents are like treating them like I don't know, like giving them attention and then like giving them good food. And then it's like the other side of it where like they're just like looking at like an iPad while they're eating. And it's like that kid is going to just be at a disadvantage. And it's like not even like they can't even like control it. Like they just grew up that way. So it's yeah. definitely, I think, something as far as 
at least for me, like mental health is so tied to like food, like as far as if I'm eating the right foods and then also like the right amounts, like for people that are just consecutively or consistently not doing those things, it seems like they're going to have like bad effects. Uh, yeah. As far as your uh, morning routine goes, like I was thinking you said like you get up and like uh, view the sun, but do you recommend like establishing like a routine before like someone gets into work and not just like waking up and like immediately just having to like drive to work or something like that? Yeah, definitely. So yeah, so first thing when I wake up, I always take my temperature because that's how I do my cycle tracking. So any women who are like wanting to figure out what's going on in their cycle, or if you're wanting to prevent pregnancy and not be on hormonal birth control or anything like that, I highly recommend tracking your cycle by taking your temperature. That's a huge part of knowing where you're at in your cycle. So take my temperature before you get out of bed. So you want to do it like first thing you literally like hit your alarm, roll over, put the thermometer in your mouth. Mm -hmm. um, you don't even, you can't like sit up. You don't want to stand up before you do it. You don't even want to walk to the bathroom, then take your temperature. Mm -hmm. You want to take it when you're lying down for the most accurate reading. Um, so I do that. And then I always, first thing in the morning, I chug um, 16 ounces of water with half a teaspoon of salt in it. So I have, well, I have, this is my chocolate milk over here, but I have um, just like old coconut oil jars work really great for this. Okay. So I just reuse my coconut oil jars and just put water in here with salt. And I put it in the night before. So that way it's room temperature in the morning. So that way it's really easy just to chug first thing in the morning. Mm -hmm. And then I go outside right away. Having a dog really helps with that because he has to go outside right away. Um, so yeah, then we go outside for like, you know, 20 minutes or so basically until he poops. <laughs> um, so I'm going outside, getting my face in the sun. I'll take my sandals off, put my bare feet on the grass when we're outside walking around and then eat breakfast right away too. So for women eating breakfast is also really important for horm hormone balance. And again, for that blood sugar regulation. So it's ideal to eat breakfast within 30 minutes of waking up. Um, so I, we come inside from our walk and then eating breakfast right away. Mm -hmm. um, and so after I do all of those things, then I'm starting to get ready for the day. Oh, yeah. I think it also is great to add in any sort of like mindfulness, again, like meditation, prayer, anything like that, um, that, you know, aligns with you spiritually, adding that into that routine would also be a really great idea. What's a normal breakfast for you? Do you do meat in the morning or uh, something else? Yeah, it really just depends. Um, usually I'll do eggs a lot, but sometimes mm -hmm. if I have like leftover steak, you know, it's really easy. Like if I have a steak the night before, I'll just like leave a few bites of it left over. I can throw those in the eggs too. Yeah. Um, and then like eggs and fruit usually, yeah. and then chocolate milk raw. <laughs> How do you do your chocolate milk? What do you put in it? Um, well, I've done it a few different ways. So um, one is it's really easy. You just do like maple syrup and cacao powder and just mix okay. that up. And then again, I'll put it like in a coconut oil jar and leave it in the fridge overnight because then it really helps it to mix together a lot better. Um, but then I also just got some, what is the brand? Equip, I think is the brand of um, like collagen powder. So they have a chocolate okay. collagen powder. So I'll just throw that in there too. It makes it really easy. That sounds really good. As mm -hmm. far as supplementing goes, do you normally just stick to like supplements that are like adaptogens and stuff like that, but not like the normal like multivitamin that someone takes, like not not a Flintstone or gummy <laughs> vitamin or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The only multivitamin I take, I would say is beef liver. 
<laughs> that's my multivitamin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't take any, yeah, really none of like those traditional type of supplements. Getting everything from Whole Foods is the best. And then things that I will supplement though are like minerals, you know, so there's different mineral supplements you can like put in water um, or, you know, just putting salt in water is a great option as well. Um, if you're not going to eat beef liver, then you can get like beef liver capsules. I would take them that way. As far as the supplement goes, um, I'm trying to think that's mainly, yeah, that's like mainly what I do for supplements. Really not, mm -hmm. not anything else. It's too crazy. It makes it simple for sure. When you, yeah. when you got the diet in order, uh, as far as, uh, optimizing hormones, like what would you say are like five things that are like the most essential if you had to choose five? Yeah, that's a good question. Okay, well, eating breakfast first thing, definitely very important. For men Also and eating women, breakfast or? before, for um, especially for women, um, oh, yeah. it depends on like for men, what kind of diet you're following and stuff. Cause like some men can do better with intermittent fasting. So it just depends on if, if you're a man and you feel good doing intermittent fasting, then maybe not as important for them, but definitely for women, like eating breakfast right away, but definitely eating breakfast before coffee. And I would say that for men or women, so if you are doing intermittent fasting, no coffee <clears throat> until after you eat. Um, yeah, so let's see. So I would say eating mm -hmm. breakfast first thing in the morning, eating really just like eating enough throughout the day too, especially for women. A lot of women can are not eating enough um, just all throughout the day, enough calories, enough protein, <clears throat> enough red meat. Like we oh, could I all will, probably stand to can, eat more. Can I ask you a quick question about that? Yeah. So like, would you say like not eating enough, but like that is for people that are probably like healthy, right? Or like at a healthy weight, because if you're overweight, like it's kind of hard to like regulate like how much you should be eating. Or do you still think if you're overweight, that's the case? Well, it depends on what the overweight person is eating, because there's okay. a lot of overweight people that are still um, like starving for nutrients. Okay, yeah. Kind of that, a thing. Yeah, that yeah, makes like sense. Might... Like they're eating too many calories, but they're not like the ones that you want to be eating. So if you ate more, it would still be okay. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah, just eating more like real whole foods, basically. Hmm. Um, so yeah, so let's say eating breakfast, eating enough throughout the day, um, probably like eating more red meat as well, because a lot of women just like aren't like eating enough nutrient dense foods, like really focusing on nourishing the body when eating. Mm -hmm. So a lot of women have, you know, like tons of, you know, weird relationships with food. So when we really realize that our food is nourishment for us and we're really consuming it with that intention, that makes a big difference as well. So even if it is ice cream or whatever it is, like I don't ever feel guilty or bad when I'm eating like a gluten-free pizza or some ice cream or, you know, anything like mm -hmm. that. It's all nourishment for my body. And that's the way that I choose to see it. So I never really like feel bad about anything that I'm eating. Um, also not using lots of, there's like so many toxic products that we use now. So between your skincare, makeup, cleaning products, all like air fresheners, you know, the like Glade plugins or like car fresheners, perfume is a huge one for women. So eliminating all of those, their endocrine disruptors, so hormone disrupting chemicals, Eliminating those makes a huge, huge difference. 
um, getting enough sleep as well. So again, getting those circadian rhythms really well, you know, yeah. turning off the lights after sunset, getting in bed before 10 PM, sleeping for eight to 10 hours for women. Most like women need anywhere from eight to 10 hours. We can't like men can get away with the like, you know, six, seven hour, whatever, not women. We need more sleep. Okay. <laughs> Most women are not sleeping enough. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just thought of something when you were saying like not feeling guilty and it's actually it was some study where like they did I think someone or they gave the same like people like one and told them it was a milkshake and one told them it was a protein shake and it was like a different um like blood sugar response depending on which one it was. So it's like your mindset can kind of like make a huge effect. So even if you're eating the food that you would consider like unhealthy, like don't consider it unhealthy, but just be like, this is like still nourishing me like at some level. So I think that's yeah, that's yeah, that's wild. That makes yeah. sense though. Yeah, because I mean, everything I feel like at the end of the day is like the way you view it. So it's like it makes sense if like uh, you're viewing it as helping you. Then um, I don't know. I, I think there was like some quotes like everything's an impression or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, as far as like caffeine goes, do you try to like wait in the morning or do you, is that like something that's not as important to you as some people are like really like neurotic about like waiting 90 minutes to two hours before their caffeine comes in? Yeah, well, I actually don't drink coffee anymore. So okay. back in like August of 2020, I was like, let me just try. I just gave up coffee for 30 days just to see how yeah. I would feel. <laughs> And when I incorporated it back in and started and I was drinking coffee again, I did not feel good. Like yeah. I drank coffee and I was like, whoa, I felt like so jittery, just like lightheaded. It was not a good experience. So then I just stopped drinking it ever since then. So yeah, so now I don't drink coffee anymore. Um, I still like I love, you know, the taste and like the flavor of coffee. And I still miss, you know, like going to a coffee shop and smell it. And I'm like, oh, it smells so good. But every time, even if I've tried, you know, again, if I'm like in a coffee shop or something I'm like, oh, I'll just have a little bit. It gives me a headache almost right away every time yeah. I drink coffee. So, yeah. So but I, I do definitely recommend waiting until after you've had breakfast to have coffee. If you are a coffee drinker, definitely doing that. But also, I mean, I would challenge people to experiment and, you know, give it up for 30 days and then add it back in and see how you feel. Yeah. I don't know. I've, I've like tried to do it and it's like, I don't know, like I'll take a few days off and I'm just like, all right, like it's calling me. Like I, I need it back. But yeah, I think being strict with like 30 days of just like stopping, you could probably easily, not easily, but like you could get rid of it. Cause I think most of the people that take it or like drink coffee, it's like only to get to a baseline. Like it really is not giving them any like extra, um, edge. So yeah. And yeah. honestly, I like I understand too, because like, I loved it. And I still like I said, I still love and like miss my like coffee drinks I had to put like an egg yolk in it. Mm -hmm. I put collagen powder and mix it all up. Like it was so delicious. Um, but definitely having if you just tell yourself, okay, I'm gonna try this for 30 days, and then you have an endpoint, and you're allowed to have it again after 30 days. I think that makes it a lot easier to to do that. Um, and then you can truly see like how you feel. Cause like 30 days is enough to really like get it out of your system. And then when you add it back in, you truly know like how you feel with it versus without it. Mm -hmm. Um, and another thing though, that has been really cool for me that I feel like not drinking coffee anymore feels like it gives me so much freedom because for example, when I travel or something, I don't have to like 
wake up the next morning and be like, oh, I have to go find coffee before I can do anything else in my day. You know, it's like people get so chained to it. Mm -hmm. And now I'm like, oh, cool. Like I can just wake up and just do whatever with my day because I'm not like waiting for my coffee, you know, to start my day. Mm -hmm. I think like that, though, that was like one of the reasons why I found occasional success like with intermittent fasting where like just the fact like in the morning I don't have to be like oh I need to go grab food obviously um for women you're saying like that's like a huge factor but I guess um maybe if you were going to have breakfast in the morning then you could just like pre-make something as for or like just have it ready so that you know but for me I always like had that difficulty where it's like oh if I'm gonna eat then like I don't know like I like like the time before and after eating, it's like if I'm trying to do some work, like it like slows me down a little bit. But um, yeah, I guess that was pretty much most of the questions I had. But I appreciate you coming on and um, answering all all the stuff I I threw at you. So yeah, yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, and if people want to follow you on Instagram, is your account just like um, what is it? Yeah, yeah. So Instagram, Instagram. Yeah, Instagram. Yeah, yeah, is the main place to find me. I don't really spend much time on any of the other apps. Instagram is enough. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So yeah, it's just my um, at Dr. Brittany McGetrick. So it's Dr. Period, and then my name, um, Brittany McGetrick, and that's where they can find me on Instagram. They can shoot me a message. I check my, you know, my message requests and all that. So. Mm -hmm. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you, and I'll have to go see a chiropractor now to get adjusted. So. Yes, definitely. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Hey, guys. Thank you for listening to this episode. I really enjoyed talking with Dr. Brittany on this one. I might try to ask her back on the episode and go deeper on some more stuff, Um, maybe deeper on the hormone route. But it was really interesting to get to talk to her. And I'm going to go see a chiropractor now, and I think you guys should too. Thanks, guys. Have a good one.